Praise the Lord. Yes, this is chat time. Praise the Lord. Where we continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So, you know, last week I said that we were going to talk about can Satan read our minds? You know, and um, I, I ran across this article on uh, written by... Clarence Haynes, he's a contributing writer to iBelieve.com. And when I read the, t- the title, the topic of the, the article, I, I, I guess I was, <laughs> the thought that crossed my mind was, and this sounds silly, I know, but you know, there are people, men mostly, but women too, who are married, and then all of a sudden they want to kill their spouse because they're dating somebody else and they want to live with somebody else. And I was just thinking, does Satan drop those thoughts? And Wait, wait, wait. And, they want to kill their spouse because... You know, you've heard of things on the news because they, they just want to get rid of their spouse instead of divorcing them. Oh. And then they're free to marry somebody else or live with somebody else so, or so instead of cadiddle flick with anybody else <laughs> right so know. instead of just saying this marriage isn't working uh we need to be divorced yeah they've they, got no they have homicide on their mind if right. they want to kill them yeah <laughs> right okay. so 
So that's what I thought. And I was thinking, does Satan do that to people? Well, he do drops, they... he puts the thought there. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, the fact I mean, that... But see, I don't know if he actually puts... He, Satan, actually puts a thought in a person's... Well, I'm, th- I'm saying in the sense that because the Lord I, I... said he's the father of, of sin in this sense, the, when, when we are in our flesh... The, the, the spirit's automatically out there. So, you know, a person who is thinking about, how am I going to get rid of my wife? How am I going to, maybe I should, I wish I could kill her. I wish I could do away with her. I wish I could, you know, instead of saying, you know, man up and say, oh, I, don't up and say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be married anymore. I'm filing for a divorce, you know, but, but anyway, this article it starts out that it, it, it says, we all know that Satan is our adversary who seeks those he may devour. Um, I would say that in our spiritual battles, sometimes we give Satan too much credit and often blame him or ascribe to him power and authority that he simply doesn't have. And I remember some of the mothers in the church would get up and say, you know, testify that, you know, Satan you know, you're the one who's committing the sin. Satan doesn't make you do everything, you know. I remember... This is true, but the, but the concept, the ungodly thoughts, they come through, as, like the way the Bible states, they come through Satan. I mean, the spirit is out there. Yeah. So going on with this article, it says, one of those areas deals with when we ask ourselves... Can Satan read our minds? And you will be happy to know the answer to this question is no. No, he can't. (laughs) But saying it is not enough. We need to consider scripture to understand the topic better. So in order to answer the question that Satan can read our minds, we need to understand what Satan actually knows about us. And when the Bible speaks about the mind, it's referring about, it's referring you know, to your heart. A lot of times it's referring to your heart. They are often tied together and sometimes used interchangeably. And, um, you know, in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. But I don't know if that really applies to this. But since this is true here, is, since this is true here is what Satan knows about us. He knows our tendencies. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our areas of temptation that we may be prone to. He knows that you're living in sin and you're thinking all these things and that there are a lot of things already in your heart that that aren't godly. So this type of information that he knows about us is not because he reads our minds. It's because he is a master at studying behavior, this article says. Mm -hmm. He studies our behavior. Satan can't read what is in your mind, but he can see what you do. He can see the choices and the decisions that you make. He can see how you interact with people. Right, but just like we can see, but what he's hoping is that your heart isn't vested in the Lord like you say that it is. So you can say, I love the Lord. He's first in my life. 
and I put none above him, none beside him. Mm -hmm. so and then, Satan so says, Satan is looking saying, at that. Let me see if I can test and that. And then he's looking at your life. So you say that in the church, and then when you go outside of the church, he's looking at your life. How are you behaving? And you might, be living, you might be living upright, but he wants to test to see if under pressure, just but like you did, with, just like you did. No, you could be living upright. You could actually be living as holy. But just like you did with Job, he wants to see under pressure just how much you will stand. And if the Lord allows it, then he starts to meddle. So, you know, he engages people. Mm -hmm. You know, just like you know, I think a person comes to you and starts engaging into a conversation. Only this is in your heart and your mind. You know, he's, he's looking at what you have done in the past mm -hmm. and what you're currently doing and what you say you stand for. Mm -hmm. But you're not living up to it. Or maybe you are living up to what you say you stand for. But, you know, just like in uh, Genesis, how the serpent, you know, the Lord said the serpent was more crafty than any of the other animals mm -hmm. that the Lord made. And then he goes to Eve, and, and he starts engaging into a conversation. And he says, did God really say that you can't eat from this, that you can eat from any, every other tree but this one? Did God really say that? Yeah, but, so, but Eve was too naive to deal with. And she answered him. I know, but she was too naive. She answered him, but she didn't know what she was talking about. She, she was said, too naive. yeah, God, God, we may Because eat. the Lord didn't give her the commandment. You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, or you will die. Uh-huh. So she repeated what she was taught. And then, and then Satan comes along. And so they're still having a conversation, you right. know, and, and he does that today, too, with people in their mind and in their heart. Mm -hmm. So he's having a conversation with Eve, and he's saying, ah, you're certainly not going to die. God That's knows that when you eat from it, your eyes are going to be opened, and you're going to be just like God. And you're going to know the difference between evil and good. Which they, which, which they could not handle. And, and if anybody wants to know where that is, that's in Genesis chapter 3. Right. And we cannot, without the Lord, handle the knowledge of evil and good. We are not equipped in and of ourselves. I don't know what that means. To what know, do you mean to know by that? The, the sin, the, the perversions, the corruption. We, we see it. We now. are not prepared to handle it without the Lord because no. we just don't have the ability to do that no. without God. So when her eyes when their eyes became open, they were overwhelmed because they were not spiritually equipped to stand against it, which is why they hid and and instead of going to the Lord, which is why Well before they hid, you know, Adam the, comes around and said, what, what are you doing? And she said, I just ate from the fruit. Here, have some. Try it. <laughs> you know, taste it. He knew it's what she was doing. Good. Adam wasn't that Adam was not naive. Now, see, the difference between Adam and Eve was that Adam's eyes were wide open. He knew exactly what his wife had done, which is what a lot of people miss when they talk about Adam and Eve. Their first relationship was not of just man and woman. That's how people interpret it. Their first relationship was husband and wife. 
and he knew exactly what his wife had done. And so he had to make a choice. He had to make a decision. The serpent couldn't beguile him. Notice the serpent didn't come to Adam to try to reason with Adam because he knew that Adam was not deceived. Right. So that just goes to show you that God, um, that Satan can't read a person's mind. He went to the weakest person. He went to the, he went to Eve, mm-hmm. who wasn't as strong as Adam, didn't get, like you said, didn't receive the commandment. And, and then he doesn't read your mind, but he starts he reasons inquiring. With you. He's inquiring. Yeah, he might try to reason with you, but he'll reason with you not in the spirit of truth, but in manipulation and, and deception. The, the purpose of asking that question, you know, because sometimes don't you ever feel, why, why did this question come to my mind? Why, wh- wh- where did that come from? You know, the purpose of asking a question was to simply begin to influence the way she thinks, influence mm-hmm. her thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that's not unusual because he's still doing it today to people. People all of a sudden will, will say, man, where did that come from? But, you know, I wonder why. Why did that, you know? But, but that's right. I don't understand. Where, where did that, <laughs> you know? And, and so all of a sudden you feel like you've got all these questions coming at you. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole purpose is just to influence your thoughts because then all of a sudden you start to you start to think to yourself well maybe if i do this or maybe if i do that but this is why the lord tells us to gird up the loins of our mind because your first level of defense first of all is is truth and when the enemy comes with something that's contrary to the truth when he presents it to our mind that's where we end up battling because we don't want what's in our mind, if it's not like Christ, to set in and become part of our heart. Because once it becomes part of our heart, it's going to come out. So what Satan does is ask you, do you think God still loves you after all that stuff you did? Mm-hmm. Look at your whole life. Look at all that sin that you committed. Look at what you did to so-and-so. Look at all, all that sin. Or you're in a position where, where um, you know you did something good, but you're not getting the recognition for it. And Satan is saying, didn't you deserve that recognition? Don't you think you deserve a pat on the back for doing what you did? Why is, why is so-and-so getting credit for that mm-hmm. or that person is a Christian and they are doing it so it's got to be okay why don't you go ahead and do it that person says that they're a Christian and look at they're committing that act why don't you so I guess it's okay you might as well just go ahead and do it well, they tell you everybody sins <laughs> I like this one person said it's agent FBI agent of some some agents, some government, everybody lies so many times a day, you know, just the enemy just out there. Or, you know, that's what you really want, so why don't you go and get it? Or they say, you, you know, that everybody you has, every, yeah, everybody has needs, isn't it? Yeah. What the world are you talking about? I mean, uh, or you know you need that money, why don't you just, you know that you deserve it, why don't you just go take that purse over there? 
for you know, or you feel justified, or you feel somebody has wronged you, therefore they're just getting payback. You know, and there's all kinds of questions, and the list goes on and on and on. All these examples, there's a never-ending story to these examples, but all of them are designed by Satan's, Satan to influence your thoughts, to influence you, get you to start thinking in the wrong direction, get you... And once you start thinking and thinking and thinking, then the word and, of God. And now you're now you're now you're planning something, and now you're planning. That's, that's if you don't rely on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And all of a sudden, it sets up in your heart. Right, it goes from your mind and it becomes part of your heart, and then when it comes sets in your heart, it's going to come out as sin. Now he's not a mind reader, but he influences. He's trying to influence people. Right, because he knows that man is left to himself without the Lord is sinful, and he's hoping that a person's heart, that their love, that their commitment to God isn't real. You know, especially if they profess holiness, so that he could bring a reproach on the church. Now, in Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty-three, the Lord tells you above all else. Guard your heart. Mm -hmm. Guard your heart. For everything that you do is, is flowing from it. So everything that you do, whatever's in your heart is going to come out. Whatever it, it sets up in your heart is going to come out. It's right. going to influence. It's going to cause you to act. Right, which is why God says, gird up the loins of your mind. So when the enemy starts to talk to your mind, you recognize that's the devil trying to influence me to the point where whatever his idea or whatever that spirit is, whatever that concept is, the enemy wants that to become a part of my heart. And then that's when you rebuke him, just like the Lord told Satan, get behind me, Satan. Now, now I, I suppose in order to make it easier to understand, you know, because in this day and age, people are so computer-minded, you know, but the thoughts are the control center. Your thoughts are the control center over here, and, and everything that you do comes from the things that you think about, and you think about, and you think about, and you think about. So if you're depressed, you're thinking about being depressed. You're thinking about being sad. You're thinking about how things are hopeless. You're thinking about... And so what did God thinking, tell us thinking. when we start thinking those things? What did he tell us? He told us, think on these things. Well, so everything's a lovely. Now, that's in uh, Philippians chapter 4. Mm -hmm. Think about all those things. Was well, that a good report? Lock it out of your mind. So in your control center, everything that you do comes from the things that you think about. There's never been a decision or a choice. And you know that when you're make, going to make a decision about something, you're mm -hmm. thinking about it first. What you should be doing is praying about it. Right. We, we pray, but see, we have to keep our minds on the Lord. That's why we die daily. That's why we crucify our flesh. That's why we crucify the old man, because there's nothing in our flesh, meaning the carnal mind, the spirit of carnality, the spirit of disobedience. There's nothing in it that's good, which is why the Lord tells us to crucify it, because it disconnects us from the spiritual. It disconnects us from hearing the Lord. So that's why when we get up, we acknowledge the Lord. And when we study the word of God, that's why we recognize when the enemy is coming because it's contrary to God's word. And believe me, there are, the enemy comes and attacks the mind like a, a force. 
And that's why we have to stand up in the Holy Ghost because we are not equipped in and of ourselves, but the Holy Ghost stands up in us and keeps us sane. The Holy Ghost stands up in us and keeps us connected to the Lord. The so, Holy Ghost So does. when Satan was talking to, engaging in the conversation with Eve, he was at just simply asking a bunch of questions and then said, ah, I don't believe that. And then all of a sudden she started thinking and she started considering her options and she's thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not. Because <laughs> she know? was deceived. She actually thought she was talking with someone who had uh, basically in, in no ulterior motives. She had no idea, which is why the Lord told her she was deceived and she got whatever the Lord did for chastisement. But Adam, the Lord said, because of you, Adam, man has fallen. The first Adam, through the first Adam, comes uh, the, the destruction. Through the second Adam, which is Jesus, comes deliverance. So the same thing happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. So you look in James chapter 1, and I think it's verses 14 to 15, and it talks about how each person is tempted when they are pulled away or dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed and then after desire has conceived because you know first you're thinking about it and once it it's desire is conceived it gives birth to sin that's not desire lust <laughs> they're talking about plain old lust because you can desire something but not lust after it you saying once you start to lust after something, you in trouble. And then it gives birth to sin. And then when it's full-blown, and sin when it's full-blown, it gives birth to death. Right, because that's what sin leads to. It leads you to death. And that it puts you in that state that they were in when they ate of the fruit and God forbid them. It puts you in a state where you can't hear the Lord because you're caught up and overwhelmed by sin. Sin overwhelms us, which is why the world is so wicked. If we don't go to the Lord so that the Lord can reverse the effects of those things that separate us from him, our thoughts, what we think are, is right, which is an abomination to God, what man admires, if we can't get to the Lord for him to do that, then we become cut off from God. That's what the Lord says, you're cut off. But it's not because he wants you to be cut off. You're cut off because you can't hear him. You can't hear him when he's saying, don't do this. Don't go there. There's death there. You don't hear it. Mm -hmm. So desire, evil desire comes from your thoughts. Well, it comes from our thoughts from the enemy bringing them to us. Put that spirit well, he out there. Knows, he pretty much knows. He knows it's out there. He's hoping that we have not. Your weakness. Yeah, he hold, He's hoping that we have not caught a hold of God's hand and that we're not going to let it go. He's hoping that we become overcome in our flesh. And, and then he said, finally, brother, whatsoever things are true. Now, that's the first thing that he mentioned. Whatsoever things are true. The first thing the Lord tells us when we put on the armor of God, we, our loins are girt about with truth. You have to start with the foundation of what's true. And the spirit of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, is the Spirit of truth. So you start with the Word of God. So Satan influences your thoughts. 
in these areas. He appeals to your flesh. So in 1 John chapter 2, it talks about everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, doesn't come from your father. It doesn't come from God. It comes from the world. Right, and if you're not saved, the Satan is your father. And it appeals to our fears. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, it talks about how you have to be alert, be a sober mind. You know that it, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion looking f- you know, for someone to devour. It appeals to your faith. He's going to get to ask, he's going to get us to question your faith. He's going to get us to question yourself. So when you fall into sin, it's going to destroy you. So if you've sinned before, were you destroyed? No, we're not destroyed. Because they don't understand what destruction is. Destruction is being separated from God. When you're overwhelmed with fear, you know, it will disarm you. Yes, fear will disarm you. But people don't understand that destruction is being separated from God's favor. And because they don't understand that, because... Flesh is teaching them that as long as you have these material things, as long as you satisfy the uh, uh, type of lust that's contrary to God's will, as long as you're giving in to those things, it's okay. And then you don't realize you're dead. Right. You talk about so, the walking dead, you're dead. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is whether it's sin or fear or doubt or depression or uh, whatever it is, the whole purpose is to render you ineffective as far as the word of God goes. It, 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 and to destroy you. It, the whole purpose is to make sure that your eyes are taken off of the word. So that you're destroyed. See, people don't understand. So that you don't live. So that you die. So I guess, no, he cannot read your mind. But he knows he's, the ways of the flesh. He's a formidable opponent, but he can't read your mind. And you no. have to you have to be a lot stronger and in the word all the time and praying all the time. And, and trusting in the Lord. Because, and, and then recognizing when you're fighting a spiritual warfare, you're fighting a spiritual warfare. And that's true. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Hebrew chapter 10 and 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise now ain't God all right God is all right praise the Lord last week's food for thought was who put firebrands in the midst of two foxtails and the answer is Samson and that answer can be found in Judges chapter 15, verse 4, which reads, And Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst of the two tails. This week's food for thought is, What king oppressed the children of Israel for 20 years and owned 900 chariots. Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.